This is Michael Kelly here. You're tuning in to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Um, what you're about to hear is the second half of the episode that we recorded with Dominic Griffin concerning Godzilla vs. Hedorah, a.k.a. Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Uh, you're picking up the narrative about 30 minutes into the film when Godzilla and Hedorah are fighting for the first time, sort of a minor skirmish. Um, real quick, wanted to say to Dom... You were a, a, just an amazing host. I don't know if there's a word that actually exists um, to describe how good you were, so I'm going to have to make up a new one, which I will do now. Scrum Trelescent. Dom, you were Scrum Trelescent. If you like Dom's work, uh, he is a, a constant contributor to Dead Shirt, um, which is a website. They have all manner of pop culture topics that they cover there, and it's just funny stuff sharp stuff definitely check that out real quick i wanted to say that our film next week is 1972's godzilla versus guy gan a equally insane film well, actually no no it's not equally insane it's insane but it's not it's not as crazy uh, <laughs> as godzilla versus hedora actually compared you know it's nuts but compared to godzilla versus the smog monster uh it's like howard's end you know. Without further ado, everybody, welcome back to the Godzilla Pod War Hour. Godzilla shows up, and he starts, he grabs Hedora and starts twirling him around, and pieces of Hedora start flying off of him and you you have a hard smash cut from Godzilla spinning Hedora like hyper fast like they sped up the film to gamblers rapidly uh mixing up uh dominoes on a table in a way that's completely intentional yeah and it works I and works very well and then the the piece of Hedora comes through the window at these where these gamblers have their their poker game or whatever prime mahjong prime mahjong and then it cuts back to like an interior because you just see the window. You just see it coming through the window, and then it, you cut back to the gamblers, and everyone is submerged, and you just see like legs and arms and like parts of heads coming out of like the Hedorah, like they're all dead, or like they've been absorbed, they've been absorbed into the Hedorah, or they're being absorbed, or they're like they're, they're dying. being assimilated. They're, or it's they're, a Gus like, Van Sant sex. There's certainly not like no one is moving. Or so it's like very very disturbing. Um, and then I guess we're to suppose that this happens in the club as well because they're going in to save the earth at full gusto, and then all of a sudden down the stairwell into this club, it just looks like a scene from the Japanese remake of The Blob. Yeah, <laughs> precisely uh, like, that. I mean, it just like the Hador oozes down the staircase. And everyone is horrified, and they all start kind of going into the corner, waiting to get killed. And then, for whatever reason, it inexplicably goes back up the staircase. This scene has not gotten normal yet, because what? There's a cat on the stairs, and it's unharmed, and it's just, meow. now the scene is over. I, I just, <laughs> okay, like, I'm sorry. I That that exact moment on the stairs is when I took what I would like to call my sleep break. I went to bed trying to watch this movie. Right. And I watched the rest of it uh, this morning after, you know, some very disturbing dreams. 
Uh, and later on in the film, we'll have to, I guess we can talk about when we get to there. There's a, there's a line that Yano has referencing that right. cat, and it's my favorite line of dialogue in the entire movie. Well, because he, he's building his case, like yeah, he's, science, and he's using it like this happened, and, and this, this happened, and then, this happened, and that is why it didn't eat the cat in the discotheque, <laughs> right? And. It, it was a, the scene is a lot of science jargon, and I had sort of ignored most of it leading up to, and then I heard the cat in the discotheque, and I was like, "The fuck is this movie?" Like, right? You hear what that? am I doing to right. myself? Well, he says like, just like when the cat in the disco, and you're like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That actually fucking happened in the reality of this movie? It yeah. wasn't just it, like officially LSD thing. That sequence is canon. That happened <laughs> right, in this right. narrative. Yeah. Um. So okay, like, uh, Doctor Yano's brother who is like kind of the young he's, he's wearing a leatherman letterman jacket so he's like that's how you know he's young school. even yeah. though he's probably a 34 year old he, he looks like he's 38 um but him and his girlfriend who is also the, the person who sings save the earth they come out of the club they notice godzilla and hedora fighting and they notice that when godzilla uh fires his his atomic breath on hedora that sparks shoot off of him or whatever mm-hmm. and this is sort of the very loose way we connect together this scene and then the scene from the next day when okay finally you have the doctor his wife ken it, the doctor's brother and the girlfriend all kind of pull up in a car and the doctor's like ah so this is where you saw the sparks come off of Hedora. let's investigate over here by the docks or whatever and, and he's like he says something offhand like, "Oh yes, brother," and that's the only time you get the connection between these guys. Oh, he's because other than that, you yes. just assume that like, I mean, it should be noted that uh, Bono said that he wrote the script because he knew that they had a shorter shooting schedule and less to work with, and he didn't want to have to deal with an unruly, typical cast of a Godzilla movie. So yeah. he's like, "I just want to be this family." And other things will be happening, but it's how this family reacts to this disaster. Right. right. So, I, when you first start watching the movie, I got the vibe that it was just, oh, well, there has to be, like, a young, good-looking guy and a young, good-looking girl. Right. And they're not even going to fucking bother explaining why they're involved. <laughs> we just go with that. You right. know, there's a, there's a, a scientist, his kid, right. uh, a worried mother, and a I couple. I mean, that's basically yeah. what they did. If yeah. you ignore that half second Yeah, that again, line. that perfect little narrative right. fix of, thanks, brother. Ah, oh, they're related. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but they could have not have been. Um, I think we may have skipped over the second animated sequence where you actually see a sort of animated retelling of Hedora smoking the smokestack. Which really drives home the sort of like... Sid and Marty Croft, right. H.R. Puffin yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Drug yeah, exactly. okay. take of the whole thing. Precisely. Fantastical, cartoony, kid stuff. Then, the next scene, newscaster reading off, 35 people dead, 81 have been injured. Now, I really want to hit upon this. Listing the death tolls, and he also says like 335 buildings have been destroyed or something. Uh, assessing the damage... This does not happen in any other Godzilla movie. I think it's alluded to in a couple of sentences in the first one. Yeah. In the Japanese one, one, version. When it was actually meant to be right. a metaphor. The, the, the last yeah, time Godzilla was actually a metaphor. Right. Like Raymond Burr know. says, thousands are dead, thousands lay down, yeah. or something like that. But, like, that's fucking it. All right? The rest of these movies have just been like, oh, they're, you know, they're destroying buildings, but they're empty buildings. Or, like, you know, they're, they're fighting in the streets, but they're empty streets. There's, you never, you certainly, you might get, like, a, a um, you know, the villains from a movie might get killed by the monster by them stepping on him or whatever, but there's, there's very little allusions to real people are being killed by these monsters, which is 
so insane that this is the film that does that, but this is also the film that literally turns into a cartoon four <laughs> times throughout its runtime. I mean, it's just like it's, it's schizophrenic in a way. Yeah, in a way. But I think that uh, you know the old idiom, uh, you, you know, like um, something about sugar. You take some sugar. I'm totally fucking up this this a phrase. Spoonful of sugar. A spoonful helps. of sugar helps whatever the, the fuck. Medicine yeah, help medicine go down. <laughs> oh, that's okay. from that classic Disney movie, Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, sponsors. Um, sorry, yeah, spoonful of sugar. I feel like. Y- Bono knew that there was some dark shit he wanted to get into in this movie, and he figured the only way to get away with it was not to put the medicine down with a spoonful of sugar, but was to jam the phallic end of a beer bong down the audience's throat and just fill it with, like, handles of of pixie sticks and simple syrup and what I can only imagine is, you know... uh, Original recipe for loco, you know, because um, these moments, Man, loco. these moments, if you cut, if, if you notice, most of these moments that we're going to talk about, the very dark, uh, somber uh, realities of what this world would be like, are always sandwiched between fucking hallucinogenic fish heads and animated sequences, almost as if to kind of be like, don't look over here, look over here, right? You know, and then as the film progresses, you start to get this sense of dread and oh no we're uh this is horrific and awful and i can't believe this is happening to us but it's okay because uh you know we're descending into hell it's a cartoon. but it, it's a ridiculous yeah. hell and it's yeah. enjoyable as it's happening but it's not nothing is happening yeah i imagine like, if he i mean I, I feel it's like dante's inferno yeah it's like he watches all this horrible stuff but nothing's happening to him it's just <laughs> everything around yeah jeez <laughs> Um, around here is when we start to get in these sequences where Yano is really figuring out the science of Hidora, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and how it all works. And as, as, as fanciful and goofy as this film has been thus far, I do, I referenced Christopher Nolan earlier in a joking way, but I did get the feeling that if Christopher Nolan ever made a Godzilla movie, which will I mean, theoretically never happen, uh, he, like these sequences would be the fucking backbone of his narrative because it would just be scientists explaining to you in excruciating detail how would, a Godzilla could really happen. In all fairness, it would probably be Michael Caine explaining. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Dora came from a particle from outer space during when a silver nebula collided and made a nuclear explosion many times bigger than her own sun, Master One. You would have to be. Yeah, there's. there's, there's, still, there's still Alfred. There's a. There's a, there's a, there's a uh, you know, and what I like though is that there's actually an, uh, uh, an economy to the choice of words they use to, to break down the science of it. Mm. It doesn't feel too much like uh, a marathon of jargon. It really just is sort of no. It's really quick. It's very you know you're right. It's like a children's program. It's like yeah. they're explaining the science of this to children. Like, well, the particles uh, in dirty water expand. Now he's really big, and now he can fight Godzilla. You know, you're like, oh, it'd okay. be like it's like Bill Nye the Science Guy, but without Bill Nye. Yeah, totally. It's, totally a bit, it's a little depressing. bit more. It's a little more yeah. like Mr. Wizard, I think. Yeah. You know, and. Um, um, there's a, but my favorite part is that each of these sequences has Yano, who's like a, what I imagine to be an accomplished biologist or whatever the hell he is, because no other scientific beings in the entire, entire nation of Japan seem to give a shit about anything going on. Well, the, 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 it's an it's hour like, before they ever cut to right. another scientist. It's just Yano. This is a one-man quest. Well, it's very intimate. It's just this family. We never get this, in this Godzilla film, you never get, um the the scientists or like the the heads of the military or like you know the premier all sitting around in the Diet buildings like yeah, what do we yeah. do adorable every, every disaster very, movie very wastes precious time showing you the same 
four scenes of the UN and everyone's banging their gavel like we're all gonna die and then you know like someone else building a doomsday bunker this really like the the to cut back just a little bit that first sequence when uh the the discotheque owner and his pop singer girlfriend uh cause I just am not gonna commit their character names to memory uh when they're watching the the first initial round of the Godzilla Hidora fight they're the only ones watching it. Yeah. yeah. And it's as though no... I, yeah, I mean, it's either like, everyone like else these are dead monsters. Yeah, like, either, it's like, either everyone else is dead, everyone else is on drugs, or they're fighting very quietly. Right, I don't and they know. are fighting quietly. Yeah. It's, it's a weird... Because it, it's like, in the it's like these are big monsters that cause destruction. Design. It just blew up. And how are they the only two who are just casually like, oh, hey, by is that way, Godzilla? By the way... This is, with the exception of War of the Gargantos, which is not canon to the Godzilla universe, this is the first time since Godzilla Raids Again that you have two monsters fighting in a city. Now, every wow. other Godzilla film up until now has always been in a field. I mean, they, you know, you've got something like Destroy All Monsters, where they are like they have an assault on Tokyo and it's a coordinated attack with many monsters, but they're not fighting each other. This right. is the first time you get Godzilla fighting another monster. In a in the and city all of their clashes, the all of their fighting seems very the choreography of the fights and the way they're shot and like the there's an there's just a a sense of um you know a a a, a deliberate sort of like slow mo slow burn feel to like they're feeling each other out almost. Like the way they you circle would do, each other, like, like animals yeah. in real yeah, life. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and you know, because it's not like Godzilla has come here for the express purpose of yeah. of dispatching Hidor. It's more Godzilla shows up, I guess, because he hasn't been to Tokyo in a while and wants to see what's up. Sup, bro? And then he sees a dude smoking a building, which is weird, <laughs> and he's, he's just like, like, "I'm gonna take this ugly mother down." <laughs> I guess that's what I'm doing. And then Hidor is like, "What the fuck are you?" <laughs> and I mean, you know, we're simplifying it, but that is really the tenor of the fight. Yeah. There's no animosity. There's no. Uh, one of the one of the monsters doesn't slight the other one to incite but, the fight. They just kind of fight because like they must. I don't know. And uh, you know the the next day in the, in the coming days, it feels like this this family unit is the only one willing to try to get to the bottom of how to stop Eudora. Everyone else is, is gonna. There's not even the sense that the military is getting involved. You don't even see the you know the, the typical like tanks that show up yeah. or whatever. And I, I mean, I imagine a lot of those budgetary, but within the, the the sense of the narrative, you really do get just. Well, Yano's going to figure it out, and he has all this science and all these theories, and he, he goes into this shit about, like, the nebulas and, like, right. where... It, it, it does, for a few minutes, just turn into an episode yeah. of Mr. Wizard. Just yeah. straight up. There's no pretense. Right. It's just, well, you, who'd like to learn about nebulas today, you right. know? And it, through all this, I love that they use Ken, not just as, like, the point of contact for the audience as, like, the young boy who's learning the science. They don't treat him like that. Like, he's a dumb kid that needs his dad to explain it to him. It's like they're partners. They're sort of like a Daniel Plainview and Son team. Oriano's <laughs> like science, 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 and then Ken's just like we should call it Hedrium, just because. Right. And we allow this eight-year-old child to name a new element we found from space. That's the kind of world this movie takes place in. So okay, you get to the roller coaster scene, which one of the many things this film does is it takes all of the the imagery from other Godzilla films, and it's like. There is a way to shoot Godzilla. There's an establishing shot. There's a close-up. These, you know, this is the 11th film in the series. Bano is not content with this. He's like, guys, 
we haven't perfected this, not by a long shot. There's ways you can show these things happening to make them interesting and make them new and make them surprising and make them shocking, make them more realistic, make them like jostle you out of your slumber and be like, wait, no, this is happening in something that's closer to the real world. One of these scenes is like when they're on the roller coaster and they're like the kids in the front and the coaster's going around and they're, everyone's screaming. It's kind of scary or whatever, but it's kind of fun. And then the film... Again, all the sound cuts out and super zoom, like, still close up on the background where you didn't even notice it before, but there's, like, a Godzilla silhouette in the background. And it's just, like, literally half a second, or yeah. if that. You know, maybe a quarter of a second. And, but it's a, it's an intriguing and, way wait, to introduce and that's, it. And that, that's the thing. That, that's how you would see him. Yeah, if like if it was real, if it was real life, and you were a kid on a roller coaster, and you'd like see him off in the distance, and you'd, you'd see, see him head. off the distance, and then you'd be whipped around by the roller coaster, and you wouldn't be able to see him. And then the rest of that roller coaster ride, you'd be like, "Get me the fuck out of this roller coaster! Godzilla's like a mile away. We have to get out of here." And what, what sucks I, is like the the execution. I think if it had only been just a little tighter, yeah, just a little tighter before, from from an editing perspective, yeah, yeah, it just like it would have like because that shot was great, but the fact that you slowly come down off the roller coaster. That's true. It doesn't, like, you, it, you do sacrifice some of the speed of like his, yeah. like the whipping effect of you reacting to that, that image. That'd be a perfect, from there to cut to like Hedorah or Godzilla, like blowing up a building or something like that. I think like that, that what they do in that sequence that's different is that it, if we were doing a sort of a real world perspective on Godzilla from a, a young boy's perspective, that's how you do it. Remember in this movie, Ken, Godzilla is his fucking hero. Yeah. So, so everyone is, um, everyone is basically, first of all, why the fuck are these people at a theme park? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, With what? everything that is going on, do you need <laughs> fake thrills right now? Yeah, yeah. Your world <laughs> is coming to a premature <laughs> end. Are things too fucking dull? <laughs> you literally want to simulate fear and, 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 and dread. Right. But you could just look out your window. People are dropping dead and melting. And not only that, it's not as though they show them at the theme park and then show how everyone is going through the motions of happiness because of how afraid they are and affected by things. Right. Everyone else is just having a blast. Like, shit, yeah! yeah. Except Ken, who's in the front of the car, and he's just like, I just can't wait until Godzilla shows up and saves us all. Right. And then he sees a glimpse of Godzilla, and then he's like, ah! And he tries to tell them, they're like, oh, honey, we're on a roller coaster, shut up. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then they let this seven-year-old kid get off the roller coaster and start running away and Yano's brother's just like man he's so hard to keep up with and there he goes you know <laughs> Not even, like, he's so hard to keep up with what kind of trusted adult companion is this just be like well I hope he doesn't yeah, get kidnapped yeah, by yeah, some yeah, creep exactly know? like I hope he doesn't get hit Although, by a fucking to, car to be fair I imagine <laughs> in this particular area of Japan during this film they, they have a lot more to worry about than just a child being kidnapped more him being eaten and uh, absolved or absorbed <laughs> by you know, a monster from outer space, that right. that's a real concern. <laughs> yeah. Because this leads to, this, uh, the uh, Hidora shows back up, yeah. in his, what, third form at this point in the yeah. film, right? Yes. He's more, far more corporeal and, and, and formidable. He's like a flying disc, flying saucer. Yeah. Uh, that, that farts. Yeah. It's just this big... Yeah, well, it's sulfur. I mean, yeah, he says sulfur. the jets are made yeah. out of sulfur later on. So he's just jets, flying yeah. over uh, yeah, with his ass jets <laughs> while Ken is on the phone. And, of course, there's a scary moment where you almost think Ken is dead. That, like, between... Yeah. I mean, we can probably argue that the roller, the entire theme park sequence is one of the best in the film. Just because yeah. between that first glimpse of Godzilla on the roller coaster, which is great because when Hidor does show up, you do, in the back of your head, know... Well, Godzilla's not far behind, so yeah. we're, we're in danger, but like we're probably gonna get a cool fight coming up, build a little yeah, bit of suspense. Yeah. 
but Ken calling his father for uh, how this kid operates a payphone with right. his he has his like John F. Kennedy Jr. shorts <laughs> right. like right he looks like John John the whole movie <laughs> where he's hiding change I don't know calls uh calls Dr. Yano and there's that moment of again the sound cuts out right, right. like a really great motif and Yano's just like Ken Ken. And then it just cuts to the broken glass yeah. and the phone, and you're like, oh, did they just kill this kid? kid? Yeah, the receiver's just <laughs> dangling. Like, dangling. dangling. Just and like, it's just like, it looks like he's been killed. You don't know. And then, for whatever reason, Ken just kind of comes up like 30 seconds later. He's like, oh, no, I have to go, or whatever. But you're just yeah. like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> did someone throw if, something if through the thing? If I'm not mistaken, I might be getting the second half of the film a little mixed up, but after this... Ken then runs. Yeah, he runs all the way back to home from right. where the hell this theme park is. Yeah, this kid. I guess ru- his uncle didn't have a car. <laughs> this kid, Robert pa- Patrick, NT two uh, ter- Judgment Day, runs but, all the way back home. Yeah, he has to make several course corrections due to continuously stumbling upon piles of dead human corpses that are decomposing in front of his eyes. Yeah, because the sulfur is not just killing people, it's like eating through their faces yeah. in these sort of like time-elapsed shots. It's yeah. horrifically destroying their bodies. It looks like someone is covered in like old Play-Doh that then turns to just, just uh, death. Just yeah. death all around. If I would have seen this movie as like a six-year-old kid, it would have scared the shit out of me. I am 27 years old and it frightened the fuck out of my entire self. It was it was it was horrible. You had to turn it off and go to bed. Yeah, I literally just I'm like, well, we'll do this again tomorrow, I guess. Uh, so yeah, Hedora's killing people left and right. It flies over uh, Yano's wife's and uh, Ken's mom's aerobics class that she's I guess she's a teacher and she's instructing these uh, kids on on aerobics or whatever, and they all start coughing because the door flies over, and she has to get them all to safety. And she seems less affected by it than everyone else. Maybe because yeah. she's wearing well, she's like a blue focus. shirt. Yeah, she's, she's got <laughs> yeah. We are forty minutes in the movie before we find out what the hell she does for a living. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was her until later when you see her yeah. again in the same clothes, and I was like, oh. We we've now hit the point where Hedora is becoming a physical threat to Godzilla because in their first fight, Godzilla just easily defeats Hedora. It doesn't really. Even and break a sweat, but now Hedorah flies into Godzilla and takes him down. He sprays him with the mist, and Godzilla kind of tr- tries, struggles to breathe, and then buckles under his own weight again. And Hedorah uh, flies through the scaffolding of this construction site. This guy screams, falls to his death. You see his body hit the pavement, and it t- shatters into like bones or whatever. And then cut back, and you see Hedorah fly seemingly through. Uh, T-1000 style, the scaffolding of the construction site, sound drops out for like, I'm going to say 20 seconds? Mm-hmm. The scaffolding completely implodes on itself. Again, silently. Silently. Uh, unique. Unique yeah. in, in 28 films. It's even more, I mean, those those moments where the sound drops out really does, it, it, it forces you to laser focus in on what you're seeing right. and how awful Everything that's happening is. I, I keep saying awful, but it's just awful. Like, this isn't a game. This is... It's not a joke. It's not a game. <laughs> um, after this, we're followed by animated sequence number three, where Hedorah, like some kind of demented Goodyear blimp from hell, has this banner uh, that it's it's flying in its disc <laughs> form over the sky, and it's got this banner that says, Anti-Hedorah Gas Masks Being Distributed. We come down to the streets, and you see everybody is wearing... Again, this is a cartoon. Everyone is wearing the gas masks. Two women pass each other in the streets. The silhouettes of their faces... The, their figures become silhouettes, 
and the silhouettes uh, match up so that it's two opposing faces, left and right. So you can just see the nose, jawline, and the structure. That shape of the two intersecting faces then hard smash cut to a map where that shape has become the sector of devastation where Hedora has just flown over where the newscaster relates to us that 16,000 people have been killed 30,000 people have been injured all of the buildings everything that Hedora has flown over is now corroding it's acidic we get a montage of talking heads including a fucking baby drowning in like mud and a fucking human skull like laughing at us like it's some sort of demented outtake from Disney's Haunted Mansion. TV boxes keep replicating and replicating until there's like 40 of them on the screen and they all start strobing out into psychedelic lights and until the point where it's like you think something is wrong with the film and it's like broken and it's like a strobe light and I feel, you know, uh, concerned for anyone who has seizures. We it, hard cut to Martin Lawrence <laughs> who picks up the phone and says, says shit just this shit just got real. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking insane. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. This this fucking movie. Well, one thing I'd like to add... The, the, that, cut to the fucking animated nuclear fission. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then we, then, uh, we do have the, the, that, <laughs> that animation sequence where there is a building, right? There's like a nuclear building, uh, and it's just... Has, it has arms that are, that are pinchers, sort of, and they're just... Like, small, crudely drawn trees are just popping up in the ground, and they're just eating the trees, and it's like, this is what industrialism does to the environment. And, uh, I mean, it could not be, like, a more, like, just, like, yeah. blatant metaphor, right? right. right? It's, it's kind of, like, it's kind of rough there. And and then Hidora shows up and eats that, right? right. Yeah. He, like, eats the whole building. But it mirrors the motif because the buildings have the two red eyes. Yeah. And Hidora, whose only human feature, other than the fact that it's obviously a man in a suit, Are his... is that he has two red eyes. eyes. Yeah. That yeah. little sequence from that, that the, the, the entire length of screen time between those two animated sequences is... Like, where shit really does... Because up until then, I feel like the entire populace is just sort of like, well, there's a thing. It's killing some people. Godzilla's here. We'll just see where this goes. <laughs> this little part of the movie is like, everyone... It's the first taste you get of real outrage of people being like, is this the end of times? Like, the, the real sense right. of we're all going to fucking die. Right. The, the, the sense that really should be propelling movies at this forward is just that... That uh, Armageddon well, yeah, feel. You, you can feel, you can genuinely feel the weight of society beginning to teeter. Yeah, and and, and you, like like that's what you get with like in the multi-screen sequence. Some of the other screens are just groups of people screaming at the camera and thusly screaming at you mm-hmm. about like you know because some the one of the guys on the science talk show says something about well oxygen might hurt Hedora. So like you get a group of people being like, well use oxygen on them, and you know we've got to fight back. You yeah, know, but they do us. they do cut to like some construction workers who are like, well like, breathe on them or whatever, yeah, like yeah. you know. Uh, which is wrong because that'd be carbon dioxide if you're breathing out. Right. I, I think I think Verhoeven may have seen this. As, yeah, <laughs> as a film student. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh that whole thing is is great. And you, again, everyone seems to be cl- uh, crying out for a hero of some sort. And all we really got is Godzilla, who right. thus far has not gotten the job done. Yeah, right, Godzilla yeah. in this movie is largely a bumbling, uh, <laughs> weirdly uh, roused about. Yeah, he's just he's fucking useless. Um, and then you got Yano. You know this this random. He's just a citizen. He's, He's just a, a random citizen. citizen. Yeah. Doesn't work for the government in any capacity. Completely scarred. Not healthy enough to be looking at minerals Bedridden. and shit. Bedridden. For 99% yeah. of the movie. And just, just 
he's the one working at it. And this is this is the point in the film, I believe, where he figures out the electron thing. Right, right. right? He calls yeah. up the Japanese self defense force and says, "Look, we need to make these electrodes that when you place a door betwixt them and use electrical charges, it will dehydrate him, and then he will turn back into this coal-like substance, and then he'll turn into dust. That's the way to kill him." And like make it the two big electrodes as quickly as you possibly can. And that's when the secretary hung up the phone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Are you the, about like, I don't know who he was calling or how he got the. They didn't even bother. They didn't even bother with a line like, "Oh, well, you know, uh, someone I went to like this college with right. works yeah. in the department." He just called the fucking number. He's yeah. calling the military. I like that uh, Doctor Yano per- is is a, is a big uh, you know predecessor to one of my favorite kind of archetypes in disaster movies like this, which is uh, Tommy Lee Jones character in the movie Volcano. Right. Just a seemingly like regular ass dude who figures out how to best nature. Right. Um, you know, he, he's not he's not brought in as an expert or someone who's like knows everything about whatever. He's just a guy who's like, well here's the facts that we have and I'm not an idiot, so I guess we'll make this work. I mean, to be honest, if Yana was in the scene, Ken would have figured most of this stuff out. Right. He's eight. You have to be Guessing though, how many other calls the military is getting on a daily basis from other scientists independently working on this problem across Japan and perhaps well, the may- entire go- globe? Maybe it's like Fincher's Zodiac, you know, which is based on true events, where like the the person who cracks the first code is like an English. T- no, yeah, isn't it yeah, like right? an English tincture? So, so are we really? Can we can we can we draw the line? Yeah. Can we officially say that we are comparing Doctor Yano to Robert Graysmith now? Because if so, kudos to us. <laughs> You know, we get the whole Electron X Machina coming up that we're hoping for. <laughs> uh, this absurd, you know, device that should defeat the monster. And we, well, okay, they cut back to the the club, which doesn't have to have or doesn't have power in it anymore. And there's because the lights are sort of off, and the young people are kind of crowding around. And there is now, I want to be very specific about this. There's a cartoon drawing of Hedora in the likeness that the animated sequences that we have been watching as the audience throughout the film, that same artist clearly just drew a picture on the wall of Hedora climbing on Mount Fuji, holding the Japanese flag, being like, look, Hedora now like owns Japan. King of the Mountain. Yeah. King of the Mountain. <laughs> and and uh, Yano's brother's just like, hey, the apocalypse is imminent. Let's just go to Mount Fuji before Hedora gets there and have a concert. <laughs> he is and, the smartest person. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, concerned. look, we're all going to die. 
Let's and have one more there, good day. There is a moment later where he says those exact words. He says, we're all going to die anyway. Let's rock and roll or something. Right. And as absurd as it was, I was like, fuck it, right? Yeah, Pull right. the guitar out. Get get the guitar. Right. Someone had a guitar. Like, this is the most serious shit has gotten since Monster Zero when the aliens essentially win and martial law breaks out across the yeah. planet. Uh, like... You know, people have given up, and they're like, "We're doomed." <laughs> you know, let's just have a good time. You know that mo- that point you point out that the uh, the the Hidora drawing does look those animated sequences almost makes me think: are, are those animated sequences part of like the news? Is that like <laughs> mm-hmm. this film's version of like the Taiwanese animated news that yeah. that we see? Like, where they're like they, they, they can't make any sort of sense of what's going on. The only way they can express it is through animation. Something to ponder. Something mm. to ponder. And uh, just when things are getting normal, the film inexplicably switches to black and white. Um, the, they decide to go through with their concert, so the young people all drive out to the base of Mount Fuji. And I had to really squint because I was like, is the exposure, or is, like, is the photography really kind of, because it's like early dawn. I mean, like maybe there just wasn't that much light. But it was it's kind like, of desaturated. Yeah. No, right, it's straight like, up black it's, and white. It's black and white now. Uh, and it does it does create a more somber mood. I mean, it is a blatant way to do so, but you do get that sense of like we're at that hour that things are all is lost. We're gonna sit around sadly. But the minute the discotheque owner character stand stands up just upright, the color blinks right yeah, back yeah, in. Yeah, he strums his guitar. And to me, <laughs> I felt like this man, this absurd, drug abusing, weird, not good babysitter man is the life of this film. Yeah. And that was the moment where he was the one who was ha- was was having doubts. Yeah. Right. And the minute he realized, wait a minute, no, just up stands up <laughs> yeah. right. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the Idris Elba canceling the apocalypse moment from right. the yes. Rim, right. but it's not we're canceling the apocalypse, it's, oh, the apocalypse is happening, but we're going to have a damn good soundtrack. <laughs> right, right. And then they start playing their instruments in the middle of a field, their electric instruments, and... They are they, plugged they into their fucking hearts. Yes. <laughs> They're plugged into... And, oh, and they have a bonfire. Yeah. Several they, bonfires. They, they start making some bonfires. Got, they have like, brought plenty These of are torches. definitely Chekhov's bonfires, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they have brought plenty of torches. They've got so many torches. Well, I don't know if they brought torches if they just had a lot of wood that you can stick into. <laughs> they have partially you burned know, boards. You know, movie and, and They probably stuck it into, like, remnants of Hedorah. To well, you, know, you know movie science, if you have a stick and you yeah. stick it in a fire, only the end of it will burn. <laughs> yes. So that you can have a torch. Like, right. That's sort of how it works. Um, and the kid, Ken, comes out and, and the girlfriend comes out to the, to the party or whatever. Oh, and there are also those creepy men yeah, what the just fuck? I wrote down terrifying old people. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know if they were fucking ghosts, if they were the fucking ghosts of pirates. I just assumed they, if were, they, they were just seeing all these young people right. and like slow jerking it under the bushes. I mean, they, in all seriousness, they, they're in two shots. Mm-hmm. They... Who are they? Because my, they look dead. My theory, <laughs> actually, like on those on those men is that remember throughout the, the whole production, I think they, they, the ghosts from like World well, War. Well, II no, you know, <laughs> ba- Bono said he wanted a small cast so he wouldn't have to you know shoot. Remember, there's almost no sequences up until this point in the movie where there are a lot of extras. Right, right. I'm pretty sure they ran out of fucking extras and just used dudes on set. Let's just go stand behind Ken. We don't need space behind him right. in this shot. You know, like those are probably just like uh, associate I, I, producers or something. Uh, I mean. Now, I want to be clear. We're talking about the two shots of, like, the old people who look like they're from, like, Davy Jones's locker with, like, the ghost makeup on them from behind, like, the grass. Oh, those two guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's about seven or eight people. Or whatever. I sort of thought they were, um, 
just like I thought they to me it represented like the old people who are like kind of like trying to get along like with the these last hipsters? generation yeah. that had died or was dying somehow and they were like looking upon this last generation we should get Yoshimitsu Bono in this podcast yeah. like I don't I would love to ask him some and, fucking and, and questions and they're fucking still you know they don't move or talk and they're all just sort of staring they all have the same look on their face I don't know what the fuck is happening alright I don't know what the fuck is going on anyways so Godzilla and Hedorah show up by the way listeners there's half an hour of this movie left because they have I think the longest monster fight the the most like Godzilla footage in any movie yeah. other than maybe I would like the to say one. two things about this particular fight sequence. Uh, thing one is that it is probably at least her part of the movie to be honest. Yeah. As much as I was championing the film earlier, I very much enjoyed it. This ongoing sequence to me just just went on and on yeah. and on. Yeah. Not to mention you end up seeing uh, Godzilla and Hondora close up with wide angle lenses. Yeah, it's yeah. just to be like, yeah, okay. Uh, Hype Williams was watching this as well, yeah. I guess. When he yeah, was I, I mean, that would explain a lot too. Like, <laughs> just uh, if, if it was a shorter sequence, it would have been a refreshing change of cinematic uh, fight technique. If we're being no, really honest, the movie should have been about an hour and twelve minutes long. It would yes. be like almost perfect. Right. If you cut right. out the sequence uh, with the weird fish heads and you and you shorten this fight, yeah, perfection. Yeah, yeah, a plus. You you will not hear me complaining about the length of the fight. But, like, because it feels like, okay, something like Monster Zero, the end fight is literally, like, three minutes long and or something. There's so much build-up. Yeah. So much build-up, three minutes. This movie, Bono's like, fuck you. <laughs> the, t- the fucking fight is going to be 20 minutes long. I would only... See, if it had been, if the fight had been 20 minutes of just brutal, just, just visceral, uh, 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 just... I mean, yeah, he collapses just, his eye. I mean, <laughs> he punches I mean, through his face. There, so yeah, he, I like that stuff. But the other stuff is there's a lot of like, I mean, really, who saw this movie was John Carpenter. I think maybe the <laughs> the Roddy Piper fight from They Live was based yeah. on this because there's a sense that they're just like pawing at each other yeah. at some point. They're not even really landing blows right. or shots or fire. Um, but the other the other thing I want to point out about this is this is the third of the movie that when I watched it uh, on my cell phone because I'm an asshole. Uh, on the metro um, this morning, uh, a, a young woman sat next to me. It was on the morning commute, and she looked over and saw that I was clearly watching Godzilla film. And she made a face, let her. And then about ten minutes into it, she looked over and like she had this face that was like, "Are they still fighting?" <laughs> like I, I could see it. I could see her face. Like, did they? Is he fighting another guy? Are like, you watching it, the same fight again? It's What's the same. Happening? It's the same fight. It's the same fight. A random onlooker could feel how poorly paced this thing was. Okay, so that was when I was like, "Wow." Um, I just. And again, so much, so dense. This is like the you know every frame of episode two. There's just so much going on. It's so dense. Thank you, Rick McCollum. The fucking Yano's brother gets murdered, gets killed by Adora. I would like to. That does not happen in any other fucking movie where the hero gets killed. One of the two most beautiful parts of the second half of the film to me. One is when Hidora shows up and Godzilla's not there yet. It's just Hidora and everyone's like, "Well, we're going to die." But not not Yano's brother, who's just gonna go out like rock and roll intended. Like if you, if I had remade this in the eighties, he would just be played by David Lee Roth. Right. Um, and he uh, just they're like, well, he doesn't like fire, right? Because there's like a fire or something. Yeah, there's right. some tangential reason why they realize he doesn't like fire. And he starts. They all just start throwing torches at him, and I'm just astonished that this random assortment of Japanese citizens can heave sticks on fire as far and as fast as they can. Miles. Miles. <laughs> the the accuracy with which they're throwing these torches is astonishing. Um, 
and it becomes a sort of cool like the 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 whole the townspeople are gonna it's sort of like the townspeople with torches thing you get in Frankenstein but it's cool because they're fucking throwing the torches yeah. and it's like you can tell it's actually affecting Hedora a little bit and you're right. like oh the, the the townspeople are gonna right. rise up and then he murders all of them <laughs> in one fell swoop right. Or fucking erases them. It, it's not even like the deaths you saw earlier where you saw these people slowly decaying. It was just like, flash, everyone's dead. <laughs> right. And no sort of uh, editing coverage to let you know that no, the little boy got out, no, the girlfriend got out, just everyone's dead. It might be everyone you know. It, it really does make you feel like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to cheapen real life death or tragedy uh, by comparing it to Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Uh, but, you know, when you first find out about, like, a, a, a large group of, uh, you know, like a, a tragedy or, or some sort of a disaster, you don't know who's alive and who's dead, right? Yeah. In real life, they don't cut off to the edge of frame to let you know that the characters you care about are hiding behind the bushes and you'll see them in a later sequence. In right. real life, you who knows when you'll find out if they're okay. Yeah. And I sort of liked that. I mean, that may have been just a side effect of poor editing, but... For the next ten minutes, I'm like, did they fucking kill Ken or not, man? I gotta find out how Ken yeah, yeah. is. No, no. And, and when it looks like the movie's winding down, spoiler alert, Godzilla wins. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, they fucking killed Ken, they killed the girlfriend, they killed um, Yano's brother, and they do kill Yano's brother. Yeah, and he's I, dead. I want to hit upon this. They kill one of the heroes of this movie, and again, uh, that is unique. That Never happened to Godzilla before. That, like, okay, Sirizawa kills himself of his own free will in the first Godzilla film. Uh, the secondary <laughs> character in uh, King Ghidorah, the, the soldier, is killed by uh, Godzilla in the 90s. But that's, oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's but, he had a chance to escape. Right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Kubiashi in Godzilla Raids Again, like a moron. Uh, kills himself for no reason, but again, it's his decision, yeah. and it was not necessary. Okay, um, Torahata gets killed in um, Mothra versus Godzilla, but like he's the villain, and yeah, you, no, like, no one cares the about controller it. gets killed, but like that's it. Y- they're Yano's, all bad guys. Yano's brother all is the bad guys. Yano's brother is the only character in the film that we watched go through any sort of an arc. Yeah. Because yeah. at first he, he, he was he just, started out, he's an just a cool hep cat who drinks <laughs> yeah. a lot and does drugs. Right. Then he's like kind of a shitty older uncle character. And then here he actually finds some strength, some fortitude, and becomes almost this like leader of this rebel right. alliance against yeah. Dora. And his reward for it is you will be killed. Right. <laughs> That'd be like if at the end of uh, Star Wars, right after they blow up the... Or even right before they blow up the Death Star, that... Luke just explodes. Right. I was going to say, right around the time Han Solo starts to actually come around to being a real hero, he's yeah. President Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, amazing. Sorry, have to move on. Yes, so, sorry. Godzilla and Hedorah fight at the same time. The military is setting up the electrodes. Uh, Hedorah beats the shit out of Godzilla, and this is in its final form, where it's like the suit must have been 14 feet tall. Actually, I think it's about the same height as Ghidorah, but all the heads are combined. True, so, true. so it's like, you know, but he's still extremely intimidating, handily defeats Godzilla, sprays this stuff into his face, and like burns one of his eyes shut. Yeah, so Godzilla, you really get the feeling he's scarred, yeah, beaten, Godzilla, and muddy, like, and dirty. Yeah, yeah. Like Godzilla punches through Hedorah's head and like fills up one of his eyeballs with, with the blood, So and like it crushes that, so they both are down to one eye. Each, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Hedorah sort of knocks down Godzilla with his gas and picks him up, drops him into a giant pit, and then leashes a torrent of viscous, toxic discharge onto him. 
Uh, and this is where it does become like the fight in They Live because it's like you know like that's it, Hedora, you've won. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're, you're fucking. It's like it's over or whatever. And you cut ba- you cut back to the military like setting up the things, and the guy's like, well, you know, as long as the giant electrical power cords stay you know, intact, we'll have this fucking thing wrapped up in the next five minutes or whatever. Who wants to get ice cream? Cut back to uh, again, you know, another unique shot in the entire series where you can see Godzilla and Hedora fighting but only because of the laser and fire emissions from, like, miles away. Such so, a cool shot. Yeah. So cool, like, yeah. You know, like, this is how, it, again, in real... It re- gives you a sense of the grandeur. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know not, not to have a paradoxical statement, but, like, in real life, if Godzilla and another, mon- another monster were fighting... This is how you would see it. Because you wouldn't be right up in the action. You wouldn't want, want to get fucking killed. You'd be like 14, 15 miles away. And, and that's still frightened. Because yes. yeah, that's terrifying. too close for comfort. Right, exactly. You're on the same fucking continent. That's too close. But, you know, they're like 10 miles away. But you can still see like the little lasers and shit. And like the fire breath. It's like so cool. Unique to this film. Um, and then, yes. Like, they have they to, live. Yeah. Cuts back to them. Just, I guess, Hedora was like, well... I'm tired of this. I want to fucking beat you some more. So he went into the pit, picks him up, and they're rolling down the hill. Which is hilarious. Which is amazing. <laughs> Bullseye the electrical power. So now you've got the ticking clock of, okay, the military has to repair the power lines somehow mm-hmm. uh, in order to destroy Hedora. And they move into their final fight. Um somehow an hour and six or sorry an hour and seven minutes in uh hedera shoots godzilla with one of his beams and godzilla blocks the beam with his hand <laughs> yeah a la like ultraman Ul- yeah it looks exactly like ultraman the the t thing oh i mean godzilla but he burns his hand right godzilla is very anthropomorphized by yeah. now like he continuously wipes his lips and makes the you're going down thing like a wrestler so much so, so that ken is like mimicking him later in the movie and uh, the brother who's been killed now at this point is like, oh, oh Ken, you know, that's a great Godzilla impression. Because, like, Godzilla's so human now that you can just do these simple movements. That bothered movements. me the whole movie. I'm like, I thought we saw he had, like, T-Rex arms. His arms yeah. were very normal and yeah. man-like and yes. flexible. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's unnatural. <laughs> it is unnatural. Um, so... so- so yeah, Hedora at this point kind of like dispatches Godzilla yeah, temporarily. Yeah, yeah, he just he like, basically you're done, you're fucking out, I'm right. fucking in, and then he oh, like, one, yeah. To be clear, he's in the thing of sludge, takes him out, beats him up some more, then just throws him down on the ground. It's like fuck you, Godzilla. Who's next? If you've you know? seen Superman four: The Quest for Peace, it is exactly like <laughs> when Nuclear Man and Superman fight on the moon, like that. Right. Like one step away from the fist hammer sickling him in, <laughs> right. into the ground. Hedora uh, then ends up kind of making his way over to where the electron trap awaits him, and I believe this is the point where Yano has come over to help the military because they're they're so inept they can't right. figure out how to, how to set up his simple fucking right. So this m- private device citizen ha- needs to has to come over yeah. and oversee this this process, and he's like, "Get the trucks and and flash your lights. The lights will attract him," which is odd because lights have not attracted Hedora uh, yeah. anywhere yeah. else in this yeah. film. It's just sort of like uh, fuck it at this point, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> He starts making his way over very slowly, you know, yeah, yeah. really under, underscoring he's not attracted to these lights. He's right. just mildly curious. Right. And they try he's to get... He's got all the time in the world now because he's, Japan, perhaps the entire planet, is his. Is his. He he wanders over to the, the field between the two electron pylon tower things, and they still can't get the power to work, right? Right. 
And at this moment in this movie... And Yano, by the way, is right next to the, the Electron. So if Hedorah doesn't get fried by these things, Hedorah is certainly going to murder him and his wife immediately. Yes. Uh, so there, there's a sense of... You know, you watch enough movies, there's a lot of different uh, tropes and devices, and it's really hard to be genuinely surprised by any of the sort of, like, third act returns and things that happen, yeah. because you know the way callbacks work and whatnot. Uh, because this movie was so uh, much to process and handle, <laughs> it temporarily numbed the parts of my brain that call out things are going to happen in the plot. Yeah. So at this moment in the movie, I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Not because I couldn't figure it out, it was because literally anything was up for grabs in a movie this confusing and strange. So I had completely ruled out that Godzilla was not really dead. I was just like, I actually don't know how they're going to win. Maybe this is a movie about how, like, Yano's going to figure out how to save him, and we have to save ourselves from the monster, and Godzilla is just another distraction. I'm, like, already retro-engineering finishes to this movie to myself, and then Godzilla fucking shows up and uses his electro powers... His, his, he converts the nuclear method to electricity breath. His, 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 his vaguely defined powers to power the electron thing, and I marked out so fucking hard. Because, like, it's anyone else watching this movie, if I'd watched this movie with someone, would have been like, you know, well, that's obviously what was going to happen. Yeah. He's going to fucking shoot laser beams or whatever at the thing and make it work. But at that moment, yeah, I didn't right. know that was going right. to happen. And I was just ecstatic. I yeah. was like, yeah, Godzilla <laughs> in your face. Yeah, yeah. In public, mind you. Still yeah. on the train at this point. Yeah. No, no. Like, the things that Godzilla does in this movie, and look, hey, reality check, I'm numb to it. That's yeah. Point. Watching yeah. these movies, you know, it's, it, look, I'm not kidding Sure, anymore. he converts his nuclear breath into electric right, right. lightning, yes. Not, not kidding anymore. Watch these. There was a couple of times watching this where I was just like, yes, yes. fucking get him. You know, like, we're like, even today, right now, watching it for like the fifth time, just being it's like, like finally, fuck, fuck you. Right, so right. going to put Hedorah in his like, place. Put his, take this fucker down now, okay? Do like Riggins and take him down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, if we can get into just how much overkill is involved with him taking Hedorah down. I as mean, if it's a to, brutality. Yeah. It's as a if, Mortal Kombat yes. brutality. As if to repay the 15 minutes of, of humiliating <laughs> uh, torture he suffered a mere four minutes of screen time ago. Right. Uh, Godzilla, uh, they, they, they use the electro, the electro uh, thing to, to shrivel him up with electrons, and it's very ill-defined. And then uh, he doesn't fully revert to the dust that Yano had theorized. He's just, like, down. You know what I mean? Like, if this is a fighting game, he would be spinning in a circle lightly in, in, in place. And Godzilla reaches into Hedorah and... Fucking punches into him. Yeah. Punches his fist inside Hedorah. When I was just like, yes, get him. <laughs> and, okay, Mike, maybe you can help me with this. What did he pull out of him? At first I thought it was his eyes. Yeah. yeah. My first thought was, oh, he just plucked his eyes out? Or his power is the power in his eyes? And I missed something? Then I thought... Are those his testicles? And I thought, no, the movie's not that weird. Then I got really worried. I'm like, was Hedora pregnant? Are those eggs? I don't know what it was, but he pulls these two silvery spheres from inside Hedora. Maybe he has a weird circulatory system. Dominic, I can tell you after hours of exhaustive research on this film, I have no idea. No one, no one knows. Thano doesn't know. What we do know is that those things were inside of Hedorah and they were round and they were white. And he pulled them outside of Hedorah. They were perfectly hand And I was so excited, as, as creeped out as I was, I was so excited for Godzilla to angrily squeeze them yeah. and to just like, dinosaur egg explosive <laughs> yolk right, matter, right. you know? And uh, he didn't do that. He just 
calmly held them in front of the electron thing. The electrons destroyed these these orbs, which is weird to me because apparently the electrons don't bother Godzilla or his hands no. or body yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Um, which and, and, which you know, ruins everything we've learned from King Godzilla versus King Kong up till now. Yeah, it's just no, like, he's, oh he's got like three crisis yeah. Superman powers yeah. now. <laughs> so yeah. you're thinking, well, maybe that's it. All right, cool. He's killed. Uh, and then, no, you're wrong. Uh, Hidor is not dead. Right. In fact, Hidor turns back into the turtle saucer that we saw him in earlier and says, fuck this, I'm out of here, and tries to fly away. Right. Like, like, like John Carpenter's The Thing, he, a, a new, slightly smaller Hidora flies out of like the burned carcass remnants of the old Hidora. It's a real quick cutaway shot, but that's what happens. But next shot, he's full size. And Godzilla's like, well, you know, up until now, I fought a moth, I fought a three-headed dragon, I fought a King Kong. There's many different opponents and many different tactics I've had to access in my repertoire in order to engage them in an effective and efficient manner. But uh, I've exhausted all those on this particular opponent, so i got to reach it back into my bag of tricks and take out something I don't uh, display too often, but it is something I can do. Of course, I'm referring to the ability to use my atomic breath as a fucking jetpack. <laughs> he uses his atomic breath as a jetpack to catch up with Adora. This does not happen again. He, sh films. he shoots his atomic breath outward, which blows him back. Right. So he basically chases after Hidora backwards. His back to Hidora. It's the coolest thing ever. Right. Because it's so G. You're just <laughs> yeah. like... He doesn't have to look at him. He's not even going to look at him. He's, he knows he's going to catch him. Catches him. Beats the shit out of him some more. Right? Drags him. Grabs onto him. Jetpacks him back. back. And they cut... They cut to him, like, jetpacking at, at mm -hmm. one point. Like, because they go back to, like, Yano's like, oh, I can't believe what's happening, or whatever. This is some yeah. real shit. Yeah, this, <laughs> this shit, I can't believe. I didn't I didn't expect it to get this real. And, and then cut back to Godzilla holding Hedora mid-jetpack uh, back to the, um, back to the electrodes. Godzilla points his head up, does a course correction to turn Hedora into a super uh, power bomb. I guess it would be... Yeah, he basically power bombs him, yeah. Yeah. Into a super power bomb betwixt the two electrodes. Fucking oh, blows th on him again. No, 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 no. This is, this is very right. important. He, he power bombs him back in between the electrons <laughs> and then looks to the military thinking, surely in the last eight minutes oh, right. of me yeah, yeah. beating Hedorah, you fucks have figured out how to get the electricity <laughs> to work. Stupid fuck. And they look up like, no, we definitely have it. And literally Godzilla turns to them... And just gives him a shrug, like, really? Yeah, well, he, he, he fucking turns to the camera, he's like, you see what I fucking deal with you see why I killed people in the last ten movies? Yeah, and I, today, watch, I laughed out loud, I'm like, yes, that yes. is the best piece of suit acting in the series, okay? He's just like, fuck it. <laughs> blows out the thing, uh, you know, uses his breath again, somehow turning radiation into electricity. Don't ask questions, you don't want the answers to. And, um, knocks the door down again. Re reaches into him and literally tears him apart. Like piece by piece. Piece by piece. Uh, uh, Methodically. You, like at this a madman. If, if you were making this movie, you would go, let's have him tear him in half. Right. Yeah, yeah. It looks devastating. It looks tough. It's a good finish. It's over. And God's no, no, no. through with this shit. No, no. He's like, <laughs> just to not leave anything to chance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tear him into like 80 pieces and you're going to watch me do it piece by piece. And then, after he strews Hedorah <laughs> all over the place. He looks over just to ju just just to see what he's done, and then blows his breath onto the machine again. again and they for like the fourth time, yeah. <laughs> and then all those bits 
evaporate. Evaporate. Yeah. And it's just. It's as if oh. he was trying to cook a roast and it took too long, and he went on Pinterest and saw a recipe <laughs> and discovered that meat in smaller pieces in an oven cooks quicker, so he just did that. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most satisfying Godzilla. Like it's one of the Godzilla best kills fight. ever. It's the most complete, devastating defeat. In fact. I- excluding Ghidorah, which took, you know, 20 monsters, yeah. this is the actual, this has been the first time in right. a while where he's killed somebody. Right. Again, now, you know, the most satisfying kaiju battle is, again, it's Kong punching Gorosaurus in the face yes. 40 times in a row. <laughs> un- uncontested. Gorosaurus just fucking taking it. Just fucking taking it. But that's not in a Godzilla movie. Technically, that's the Rankin-Bass Kong-verse, okay? So, this is the Godzilla universe. This is the most complete, humiliating, devastating defeat in the series. Because he, again, rips his body apart till it's just it like... It is so over the top that I would have been fine at this point with him... Then taking the dust and sweeping it carefully in a bag and flying it to the fucking sun. Like, it, I, I remember thinking, there's like ten minutes left. Maybe he's going to more soundly destroy the pieces of Hidora. And uh, Godzilla has saved Earth. He's killed the monster. And he looks at, at the humans, and uh, the humans look like, oh, shit, he's going to kill us yeah, now. Yeah. There's a tense moment where they just, mind, like, they get up on their guard. Keep in mind that most of these humans have no reason to believe that Godzilla is their hero other than that he just killed Hidora. For all yeah. they know, he might have killed Hidora so he could have more fun killing them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, Godzilla, we don't know where he stands right now. And Godzilla gives them this look back, again, great suit acting, that almost says, you know what, we're not there yet. We're not quite ready to live amongst each other. Right. And he stares for another awkward moment. And then just very quietly shuffles off into the distance. Very quiet. The whole scene, like, there's no music, it's just... Like, it felt like Christopher Guest shot the end of this movie. Because it was just this very one-take, quiet, awkward... Somber. Somber, sort of... Like, Godzilla doesn't... Like, he can't... He's in this... He's really in the tipping point of just, like, am I the savior of Earth? Am I a blight? Like... What, well, where am, like he doesn't know. They're Every, not ready for me. Like yet, everyone to be their hero. is confused, <laughs> well, in including the, us. In, in the Japanese version, I don't know if this is just leading up to it, but uh, they're like shots to music where he's walking, and for some reason they had him walk right next to the background, like the yeah. physical background, yeah. and you can clearly see the perspective the, is fucked up. Yeah, on the paint and, job. and yeah. also like the fact that you can see the uh, the creases in the background that you couldn't see if he was further. Up, but no, it's just like he's right next to the wall, the wall background. Ah, uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, and oh, then we find out that Ken and the girlfriend survived, and no one, no one I else, mean, everyone fucking, else got wiped out. No yeah. one, and I mean fucking no one mourns the death of Jan's brother yeah. except us. Yeah, no one I even notices. I haven't been yeah. so sad since uh, since Han died in Tokyo Drift. Okay, <laughs> like it's it was it was rough. Yeah. Um. And. Yeah, Godzilla walks off into sort of a kind of sunset ish western deal. type well, thing. Well, it's a dawn because this was all at night, so now the day is dawning. Yeah. And there's seen someone walk off into a sunrise. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty legit. Um, well, it's a parallel. You know, yeah, he yeah, comes in, yeah. you know, because that, that's the typical Japanese storytelling. Something that happens within like the first like 10 minutes of the movie, mm. that is almost. 
that, that a mirror image parallel. of what you're see, yeah. yeah. Well, because then you do get you do go back to those images of all of the uh, the, the pollution, and everything from the opening of the film, as if to remind you, no, no, this is still a problem. We right. killed Hedorah, but all it takes is one more alien rock to land on the planet, and then we're fucked again. Right. So it's, it's almost as there endeth the lesson. Clean up, yeah. yeah, clean up, true believers. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if the words come up on the screen, and yet another one question mark. Oh, wait a minute, that does that actually happen. does come up yeah. on the fucking screen. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, pretty pretty good, pretty good movie. Bano wanted to make uh, a sequel. God, I wish it would happen. And uh, he was forbade to make it, but haha, um, there is a silver lining. In this there story. is a silver lining. So Bano worked on the script for years, which was supposed to take place in uh, Africa, and uh, where it would have something to do with oil or something. I don't know. Details are sketchy. The point is that. Um, Bano survived everyone in the original series as far as directors, producing talent, and um, for years tried to get Godzilla vs. Adora 2 made, and uh, during the 1990s and the early aughts, he got somehow secured funding to get it, uh, a 3D IMAX film made where Godzilla would be fighting Hedora. That got into the early, actually the late stages of pre-production, and then they started making, started working on the legendary 2014 Gareth Edwards, uh, Brian Cranston version of uh, Godzilla, and they tapped Bano to be one of the producers on that. So this man is working on the 2014 Godzilla. Thank you very much. <laughs> this man outlived all of his contemporaries. He outlived everybody. He outlived yeah. everyone who could have been like, on no, he's insane. Spite alone. Right. Yeah. Right. Just oh, like, I'm never gonna work on another Godzilla film. Oh, you just fucking wait until 2014. <laughs> what happens then? Just you wait until right. 2014. Right. No. I, I won't even need a suit. Right. There'll be computers that can make suits. And it's amazing, because you know it's just Hollywood was just like, uh, well, we need to get one of the Japanese guys who worked at one of the originals to get you know, the nerds to sign off on it. Uh, okay, who do we got? Well, okay, Honda's been dead since 95. <laughs> uh, what do we do here? Uh, oh, Bono. Bano. Bano. He made, what, what the fuck did he make? Godzilla uh, is a Oh, uh, well, you've seen one, you've seen them all. I'm sure it's just like all the other ones. Put him in charge of major creative decisions. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. I, I, for one, think his uh, input is going to be invaluable, personally. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be great. you got Brian Cranston and Akira Takarada from 1954's yeah. Godzilla. All. And, you know. And Bano. Sh- showing the way. I mean, it, it's <laughs> like this. The devil's finally going to get his due. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be juicy. It's going to be a time of great reckoning. And yeah. maybe Godzilla will finally save the Earth. And maybe the sequel, he'll have a door. Man can dream. Thank <laughs> you.